Join us in this power-packed episode as Jay Fairbrother, the mastermind guy, reveals the secrets to soaring past six figures in revenue with high-impact, high-ticket programs. Discover how, even without a massive following, you can create your own mastermind or high-bred, high-end offering. Plus, Jay discusses how masterminds can combat global isolation, fostering meaningful human connections, which is super important these days, and just one group at a time. So don't miss this opportunity to supercharge your expertise and change more lives. This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you struggling to get leads from your lead magnet? Are you tired of seeing low conversion rates and losing potential customers? It's time to revive your lead magnet and start attracting more leads. Download our free report, 10 Deadly Lead Magnet Mistakes That Are Costing You Leads, and learn how to create a high-converting lead magnet that engages your audience and drives conversions. Don't let common mistakes hold you back any longer. Revive your lead magnet today and download your free report at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash deadly. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the lead machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www dot lead machine growth show dot com while you're there subscribe to us via your favorite network now tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality welcome to the lead machine growth show i'm paul guyan your host lead machine coach and founder and creator of the lead machine mastermind group i'm dedicating to helping you tackle your tech master your message and design your dream Whether you're just starting out or you want to take your business to the next level, let's get this conversation started and turn your dreams into reality. So today's guest is Jay Fairbrother. Welcome to the show, my brother. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Paul. Happy to be here. Always thrilled to be interviewed by someone who has their own mastermind and and knows a thing or two about them. Yeah, I know a thing or two, but I'm feeling I'm going to probably learn, pick up some tips from you. So I'm, I'm really excited about this uh this episode so i read in your bio about a dramatic event in 2010 that happened to many of us and i'm just wondering how did this event change your mindset and how did it influence your focus on the mastermind yeah so um the event of course was the great recession which started around 2008 and uh, in my case, finally ended in 2012 when I was completely wiped out, bankrupt, and wow. broke. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so the story basically is that I've been a serial entrepreneur for 30-some years. And uh, my first business, I uh, actually was fairly successful. I grew it to about uh, $10 million in revenue and uh, two, 200 employees. And I sold it in 2004. Wow. And life was pretty good. I traveled and bought three other businesses and made all kinds of investments. And um, 
you know, as often happens in life, things are going along swimmingly and something <laughs> out of your control happens. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned I certainly wasn't the only one that got wiped out. But yeah, I I literally in a in a few year period went from, you know, being a multimillionaire living in a mansion to living in my friend's basement without a car, lost my marriage, everything. Mm. So it took me, um, I'm, I'm not proud to talk about how long it took me to get out of that basement. Um, I lived there uh, literally for about five months, but figuratively for more like five years, just dealing with the shame and that really the complete loss of identity. You know, for 15 years, built up this identity as incredibly successful serial entrepreneur. And suddenly there I am alone sitting in the basement in my shame and humiliation. Uh, so in terms of, you know, I mean, obviously it changed me a lot. Yeah. And um, so I've, I've been a serial entrepreneur for 30 years, but 25 years ago, I got into my very first mastermind and um, it was a mastermind group of entrepreneurs. And when I first joined that mastermind, I, it was really eye-opening to me because I had kind of been the poster child for disconnection through most of my <laughs> early adult life. Yeah. Um, and that mastermind was the first time I really felt really connected to people. Like, you know, I we joined that mastermind to grow our businesses and be better entrepreneurs, but five or six, six months into it, I'm watching like grown men cry in these mastermind meetings, talking about, you know, as they get start to open up about their messed up marriages and their kid problems and how the business is, you know, creating anxiety and depression and mm. Uh, it, it really, that was the unexpected part for me and I, and I loved it. So I started joining every mastermind I could, uh, from there on out, but fast forward to losing everything. The only reason I'm probably here today is because of that very first mastermind, which I stayed in for 17 years. Yeah. And wow. those people helped me way beyond just a basement to live in and a car to borrow, uh, for some time until I could get back on my feet just the ways they supported me and carried me and helped. Um, and it's that level of connection is why I now, you know, for my kind of last chapter uh, is I help uh, coaches, speakers, entrepreneurs to create their own mastermind programs as a way to scale their business but also as a way to create that connection um, that, you know, is often missing in our lives and especially in society today. Yeah. You know, being an entrepreneur is a really, really can be lonely and people just don't understand you and having a group like that, that you can depend on, um, you know, I can relate to, to the basement and, you know, moving back with my parents, you know, a long time ago, uh, and, you know, a divorce and losing almost everything, you know, losing the house, uh, those kinds of things. The thing is, the thing that a group like that helps you with is helps you realize that your value isn't really in what you do for a job. It's who you are. It's, it's your value is who you are as a person. And uh, the fact that you stayed in that mastermind group for 17 years is admirable. Uh, and they must have been some, they must be some really awesome people, uh, that recognize, recognize your value and, and help you recognize it yourself because yeah. that shame didn't need to be there, but I understand it. I've, I've been there. I've, I've lost a, you know, a really super high paying job and, and, uh, with lots of responsibility. And, and, and it took me, it took me not five months. It took me a while to get over that. 
wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so, it's, it's the relationships, you know, it's, it's, I call the, who do you pick up your phone list? Uh, you know, when somebody yeah. calls it 1130 at night, you know, the, it, the, the relationships I've formed over the years and many other masterminds as well as that one, um, you just can't replace. I mean, there are people that, that, that support you, but here's the critical factor. And this is important when you're looking at setting up a mastermind is you want people to have mutual respect for each other and support each other without an agenda. And if you think about the kind of support that we get in life from just about every other source, there's always an agenda attached, mm. right? Yeah. Your family members have an agenda attached. Your employees have an agenda. Your vendors have an agenda. Your advisors and coaches and mentors have agendas, right? But to yeah. put together a group of people where like the participants are like, look, we're all equal here and we're here to help each other and support each other. And, you know, we give first and, and get value second. Um, that's really the culture that makes them the, the magic in a mastermind come to life. Yeah, I agree. Um, so for those out there who are listening, they may have they may be hearing about what a mastermind is for the first time. Uh, you and I've been been involved in them for a long time, but what is a mastermind and and how can it be a beneficial to an entrepreneur as well as to just an average person? Yeah. So um, Napoleon Hill is often credited with coming mm. up with the term mastermind, and yeah. his concept was pretty simple. You put one person with a brain in a room with another person with a brain, and you create a third invisible, intangible force that he called the mastermind. Yeah. So if you imagine putting eight to 14 people in a, eight to 14 brains in that room and the size of the invisible intangible force that you can create when you create that safe container um, where people trust each other, there's support without agendas, et cetera, you, you tap into that collective wisdom, the collective knowledge, the co-creation and collaboration that can occur with that many people supporting and helping each other. So a true mastermind, we often talk about in the sense of about eight to 14 people. And the reason it's small is because in a true mastermind, in every meeting, every person should have a voice. Every person should participate there. I say there's two things you don't want in your mastermind programs, lurkers and narcissists. <laughs> Hopefully the latter for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of that true mastermind is that small group of people often that stay together sometimes for 17 years. Um, yeah. But there are variations that, that you can create as well. And so in my industry of coaches and speakers and healers, often what is labeled a mastermind is really just glorified group coaching. Yeah, they they slap a mastermind label on it because it sounds better and they can charge more money. Um, but it's really just, you know, it's all it's all it's a one to guru relationship for the people participating. Right. Instead of intentionally building the relationships with the with the participants going through the program together so that they can support each other and hold each other accountable and tap into that bigger wisdom. Right. Right. So, there's there's lots of things in between that true mastermind and there's what I call hybrid programs, which is, you know, often what I teach because I'm teaching a coach or an expert or a guru 
who's leading a program and doing some coaching and teaching and mentoring as part of it, but also creating that mastermind environment as well. Yeah. And it's, it's funny when you do get those uh, eight to 14 people in the room, you, th you think about that collective mind power, but you don't really recognize it until someone pipes up and says, Hey, you know, this might, this might, you might not have thought of this, but you know, what, what if this, and that's when you were, that, that's when you, if you're, if you're the one who's, who's asking the group for support, you should start taking notes because someone from the outside can see something plain as day that, that you'll never see, or they might come up with, you know, back in the day, it was the, the banks were the first to first people to, um, to have a drive-in window. And then someone said, Hey, what if we did that for food? And I don't remember who the first one who did it was maybe Jack in the box or something like that. But that was the advent of the drive-through window at fast food restaurants. And that just revolutionized the whole industry. So if you're in a mastermind and you're in the hot seat or the revenue seat or the profit seat or whatever they call, where you're asking the, saying, Hey, this is my challenge. Uh, this, this is what I'm trying to get to. Uh, and someone says, Hey, you know, this might, this might sound stupid, but that's when you should really pay attention because uh, that yeah. collective mind share really is, is something a power. It's, it's the, uh, the, the sum of the greater or the sum of the, uh, sum of the group is greater than any of the individual parts, you yeah. know? So, so one of the most common types of masterminds and in some ways, an, an easier mastermind to create is industry-specific masterminds where everyone is in the same industry. Right? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. usually people have heard of that kind of thing. My yeah. personal preference, though, is that diversity within the mastermind for exactly what you just talked about is, you know, in that in the, you know, literally more than 1,000 mastermind meetings that I've participated in over 25 years, I don't think I've ever been in a single meeting and somebody didn't ask a question. And I thought to myself, man, I never even would have thought to ask that question. Yeah. Like to me, that's that magic. That's where the real learning occurs um, is when you're being challenged by people thinking outside of your own box. Yeah. And since we're talking about those different kinds of uh, masterminds, mine is focused on business growth. And, uh, and specifically creating lead machines uh, or funnels. And, and then the whole, the messaging, the mindset and the business around business growth, all of those things are in play. The mindset, especially because a lot of people don't believe that uh, what they're proposing, or maybe they don't know their, their audience well enough yet. They don't, they don't really know what their problems are. So they, they have trouble getting leads. Uh, and so my 10, my masterminds tend to, be around a specific topic or a general topic like that. But I have been in masterminds where, where um, everyone was, there was a, a realtor, there was a, uh, a finance guy, there was a financial planner, there's a banker and there was a, uh, what was the other guy? Oh, author speaker. And there, you know, everyone, but everybody wanted the same thing. They wanted to grow their business. They want, they wanted to, to show up, but it was, it was really, that happened a lot where people would say, Hey, did you ever thought about this? Hey, <laughs> you know, you're struggling with, why don't you just take the talk that you're, you know, the one that you're giving, why don't you just turn that into a book? Why don't you record that and make it into a book? It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, bing, 
And those kinds of ideas just come up. And so um, how I, I see what's, I have had a, had just a group coaching program before. My mine tend to be uh, a hybrid, like you were talking about. Can you explain that a little bit more? We we do kind of work around the same topic when you're doing that hybrid model. Is that is that right? Yeah. So the the hybrid model just in, in, incorporates a couple of things. And in, in a in a true pure mastermind, like the a true mastermind is a group of peers. There isn't even necessarily a guru leader at the top who's teaching, training, or mentoring anyone. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, putting together people who have common aspirations and goals, mm -hmm. common fears, challenges, and frustrations. There has to be that commonality for yeah. an effective okay. mastermind to work. Yeah. And, and I just want to take an aside on that point for a second. So, what you don't want in a mastermind is one person it, it, it sticking out like that. Like you don't want others in the program thinking, why did they let that person in? Cause they don't seem to fit with the rest of us. So yeah. the, the key is like an example would be if, if you have a mastermind of entrepreneurs, you don't want an entrepreneur doing $250,000 in revenue in the same mastermind as somebody doing 20 million. Yeah, And it's not because they don't have the same business problems, because business problems are universal, Yeah, but it's a matter of that mutual respect that they have to think that the person, you know, at, at any of the levels in the group are, are relatively, you know, their peers in some respect. So that that's the sort of commonality point on the, on the hybrid thing that the, the, um, if you have the guru coach mentor on top and you have commonality among all the participants in the group, what you want to do is intentionally build relationships with the people in the program, in the group, so that you can scale the mastermind to 20, 50, even 100 members. But in that case, what you would be doing is you'd be breaking them into smaller like accountability pods or using breakout rooms where you're in doing some things where they are intentionally building relationships with each other in the program. Ah. So the, the difference is you're, you're removing that only that one to guru relationship, which does a couple of things. It puts less pressure on you to have brilliant content and training every single time you show up because yeah. you're tapping into that collective wisdom. Right. But more importantly, you're creating that stickiness so that you never have to worry about getting to a point where it's like, okay, well, I've been in Paul's program for six months and I, I feel like he's taught me everything he knows. So I'm going to look for another coach or a mentor or a program. Yeah. If during that six months, I have built these relationships with other people in the program who want to continue on working with, Paul and everybody else in the group as an ongoing mastermind or commit to another year or whatever. You're like, yeah, I, I love this group. I get value every time I show up. I don't want to leave. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's one of the questions that I was going to ask was how how can you scale? And and that was the answer right there. When you uh, when you have some, I mean, you may have to teach some people some skills, some facilitation skills. Is that right? Where, where uh, if you wanted to have them lead a pod or a, a breakout room, uh, you might want to mentor uh, some people or groom some people that are in your program uh, yep. to be in that role. 
That's exactly right. And yeah. and you can teach facilitation. It is a skill that you can learn. And, um, yeah. uh, you, you know, but a lot of it, it, it stems from creating the container correctly in the first place. Um, a lot of people think a mastermind is just a bunch of people, similar people that get together over cocktails and talk about their business or talk about their health challenges or whatever the mastermind is formed around. Yeah. And it's important that the mastermind has structure and direction and that you create this safe, confidential, trusted space so that people can open up and go be to more deeper levels of conversation and vulnerability than you would get in your typical like group coaching Q&A type environment where people are worried about being judged or worried about asking a stupid question or that kind of thing. That's important to create that container. So what would a, what would a, a typical container like you describe it? What would that look like? What it would uh, the structure of the container? Let's call it. So there's there's a lots of different there's there's many kinds of masterminds, right? And that's yeah. one of the things I believe in very strongly is I don't try to get somebody I don't teach somebody to do my mastermind. You know, just do it the way yeah. I did it. That's it works for everybody. You have to find the what the unique sort of combination. It's like kind of putting pieces of a puzzle together. Um, that works best for you uh, based on your superpowers, your skills, and and what the transformation and big promise of, of the group is. So um, the, uh, the, the tricky thing is when you uh, try to, um, uh, if you try to, overlay a, a, a structure that's that doesn't work for you like say you you like you know retreats so you're going to force everybody to go on you know four retreats a year or something like that when the that wasn't clear at the beginning so a lot of it's just having a clear structure most masterminds run either once a month or twice a month although there are successful ones that they'll get together you know four times a year over a three-day weekend um, and that's the entire mastermind. So there's all kinds of ways you can put it together and structure it. And then it's a matter of how the meetings run in terms of, you know, is there a content training portion and then masterminding or hot seats or, you know, group topic discussions and that kind of thing. Yeah. And th the way I do it, I like to have um, either. And now that I have a podcast, I have have lots of guests in th this this conversation. Uh, some of it could be uh, could be a, a part of a training that I might do on mindset or about about forming. Maybe there's a a slice in here that will be really valuable in my mastermind group. So that's a great place to get content from uh, for your training if you're if you're doing training uh, and having. I think having having a structure and you holding space for people uh, is super important, uh, just so that they like you said earlier. Uh, having having the opportunity to have a voice, which is why they 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 need to be small or they need to be segmented out so that there's you know a facilitator that can hold that space. And sometimes that's really all that people need. A lot of times, uh, and I, I experience this all the time in IT when uh, if I'm calling for tech support or something, uh, when I'm explaining my my problem, I know I have to be very, very specific with the person on the other other end of the line. A lot of times that's all I need. That's all I need to do is have someone hold that space so I can say, aha, they ask one question and oh, 
I didn't think of that. And then it comes to you and then you have a solution. And so, uh, so having structure, I think is super important, but that's, that's a good observation that you need to make it work for you and for the group. And there's, there's going to be a dynamic in that group. Right. Yeah. And you, and you want to have flexibility too. Um, like one of the things, uh, uh, one, you know, just a specific example of that is um, like when I put together agendas for a mastermind meeting, like I will have it for myself. I'll have it timed down to the minute, you know, like where the section is this long and the section is this long, but I don't give those minutes to my participants because <laughs> yeah. I need to have flexibility. The last thing you want to do in a mastermind is you've got this great energy flow discussion going and you're like, Oh guys, I, this is great, but I, we got to move on to the next, you know, section. Um, you need to have that flexibility to allow that that sort of organic development of great conversations and, and idea exchange. So what I you know do is I have it time to the minute, but I also kind of keep a backup plan as a facilitator. Like, okay, if this section runs long, here's how I'm going to adjust, and and I kind of you know have those kind of ideas in my head so that I can pivot on the fly and and make sure. But I don't want to give those times to everybody else because there will always be one person in the room going, we were supposed to move on to the next section at this. At, and he's five minutes late. He's not a very good facilitator. So Right. And sometimes someone will show up and they've got a real serious problem. Yeah. And the group may need to, the whole group may, may need to hold space for them and, yeah. and uh, you know, give them the support. And maybe maybe all the support is, is they just need someone to listen to them. Yeah. Or they might need some advice. So, You're exactly so you... right. And then and then a good facilitator will get the group buy-in around that issue and say, you know what, like we weren't planning this, but you know, Paul showed up today and it sounds like this is a really big issue. Are are we okay in speaking to the group? Are we all okay if we take some time that wasn't scheduled for this, but to focus on Paul and help Paul right now? And yeah. you know if the group is there to support each other, you're always going to get buy-in to that. Oh yeah. 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 So moving on, why is a mastermind good for coaches and healers and speakers? Why is it so good for them? Well, that group we, in particular. Yeah. We've touched on a couple of the issues. Number one is there's less reliance on content and you being a brilliant trainer, every single yeah. <laughs> moment of every single meeting. Yeah. Um, the other is recurring revenue. Um, you know, for anybody who's been a coach or uh, speaker for or healer for more than a minute, you know the roller coaster of launch revenue cycles, right? You do this big launch, you get this big revenue hit, and then you have nothing for the next few months until the next launch. And it's you know, God forbid, you do this huge launch and it isn't as successful as you wanted, and you, then you got a you know nothing for the next few months. So, you know, masterminds where, you know, 80% of the people will pay on a monthly payment option instead of yeah. full price, it evens out revenue for you. Um, and then um, another big one is just the, um, I, I mean, to me, it's the impact that you can make. I mean, most, most real life-changing transformations when we work with clients don't occur in a six-week container or eight-week container like a course Right, or even like a three-month group coaching program. Obviously, business issues are ongoing, right? As soon as you solve one, another one pops up. So there's always things you can work on. 
But a lot of lifestyle, um, you know, coaches, a lot of people think masterminds are just for entrepreneurs, but lifestyle uh, coaches and healers, it actually works amazingly for because it's often you need six months or 12 months of working with somebody to have that real transformation. Yeah. Um, and, then, and they understand that too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then to me, the biggest reason is you get to pick and choose who you want to work with. And what I mean by that is, you know, part of the key in terms of mark sales and marketing to sell masterminds and, and enroll people into masterminds is the idea. That's what I call you flip the selling script so that instead of me chasing clients all the time and trying to convince you to, to be in my program. Yeah. I position it so that, look, this is an incredibly exclusive, intimate group of people that's invite only. So why don't you tell me why I should let you into the group? What value yeah. can you bring and add to the group? Right. So it's that's the that's the that's kind of the holy grail when you can get to that point in terms of positioning, and and you'll see a lot of the really expensive you know twenty five thousand dollar a year fifty hundred thousand dollar a year masterminds are exactly like that. It's like, nah, well, why should we let you in? <laughs> um, yeah, 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 and so so. What if you're just starting out and you know that's what, you know, uh, one of the things I heard you say, I think on Michael Whitehouse is one of his events, uh, maybe it was JV Connect, about, you know, it's easier to get to six figure with a mas mastermind than with any program or ebook or, or whatever course you're selling. So can you explain that and how can you do that Yeah, when you're just starting out? Yeah. Um, my favorite statistic is that if you have a $1,500 course or a $1,500 coaching package, you need 67 clients before you reach six figures in revenue. Yeah. And as you know, as a lead machine guy, yeah, it's it's a process to get 67 clients through your funnel, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's effort and sometimes cost then right you've got to have a, a system to do that so especially when you're starting out all you need to do is find nine people who know love and trust you not know like and trust you but know love and trust you who would pay a thousand dollars a month to be in your exclusive intimate mastermind and that is a six-figure business right there with nine people yeah yeah that's that's a lot of leverage and so, okay, so I'm just starting out and, uh, you know, I've got some expertise. I might have a program. Uh, I, I might have, uh, you know, I've got some content that I can teach people with. How do I get people uh, into my program and how do I establish myself with, with that kind of leverage that you're talking about? Yeah, so um, I, you know, one of the reasons I kind of like the model as well is because you can do it on a very sort of old school grassroots way um, just by talking to people, referring, getting people to refer you to others who might be interested in the topic that that your mastermind is centered around. Um, and, you know, there, there, so there, there's a few different ways to, to move people on that spectrum from no like and trust to no love and trust, but some of it can be very organic. You know, in other words, if you can put together a list of 50 people that are past clients, current clients, uh, networking people who might 
know people that fit your target market and, and that kind of thing. It's a, it's a matter of understanding who are the right people you're looking for. That's really one of the most important factors because yeah. if you are just doing a, a scattergun approach, you're going to need a lead machine to bring in enough people to find the ones who are really appropriate. So you've got to be really clear on who it's for and who it's not for. Yeah. And 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 go out and try to find those people. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, and that's what we teach in the lead machine is is to getting clear on who your audience is and what problem you're trying to solve. And so uh layering on top of that idea is is that you you want when you think of those 50 people that you're talking about uh I call them strategic partners or joint venture partners who have have that audience. They're serving that audience already. So you could approach them, even if you're small, uh, you could approach them to have them promote your offer, your your webinar, or however you're going to, and we'll get to that in a minute, uh, however you're going to offer it. You find, seek out people who um, who serve the same audience, but don't don't provide the same solution. Obviously you don't, you don't want to, you know, recruit a, a competitor as a, as a joint venture partner, but how do you find those? And uh, especially when you're new, you know, that's, that's what that, that the, yeah. they, that's the big stumbling block for yeah. people. No, I, I completely get it. Like I have a tiny le email list and I can't mm -hmm. go out and trade with a JV partner. Who's got a big email list, which is what I really need. Yep. So, yeah. You, you know, when you're starting out, you you can find there's lots of people out there who have your size email list, whether it's, you know, 10 people or 100 people or a thousand. Yeah. So you can find, you know, kind of equitable partners like that. But any stages as well. I mean, any stage that has, a, again, a very specific audience that has your ideal clients in it is worth it. When you're starting out, just get on that stage and talk about your program. And again, it's it's something I referred to earlier. It's it's when you talk about your program as this exclusive, you know, invite only, you have to apply to be in the program kind of thing. That alone creates desire just in the way you talk about it and represent it. It's like, oh, well, I wonder how I how how I would qualify for that. How do I get into that? Yeah. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah, because I'm I, because these are issues that I'm concerned about. These are the aspirations and goals that I have. These are the fears and challenges, frustrations that I have. If that's what your promise of your mastermind is, and you're talking about it on a small stage, even in front of 20 people, you know, if there's a few people in there that you can invite to apply or talk to, you know, have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yeah, I like the the application idea that um that kind of and not only that the application process even if people don't make the cut the first time you're still building your email list yeah and so there might be other things that they're interested in maybe they're maybe they can't afford a thousand dollars a month but maybe they can afford your your one time only five hundred dollar program absolutely or, or your or your two hundred dollar program or your forty seven dollar right product so yeah, and and that's the thing. That's where a lot of people get stuck when they're starting out is because they can't really get on big stages because they can't get JV big JV partners. They're willing to talk to just about anybody. It'll jump on a one-on-one -on -one call with just right. about anyone. Yeah, 
But what you'll learn quickly <laughs> is that if you're selling a $500 or $1,000 program, you cannot scale with one-on-one -on -one calls to sell a $500 or $1,000 program. Yeah. But if you're selling a $5,000 program or a $10,000 program, now you can justify those one-on-one -on -one calls because if you have 10 calls and get one, hopefully you'll do better than that ratio. But yeah. if, even if you have 10 calls and get one person, that was worth your time. That's 10 grand. Yeah. 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 So um, what are a few of the keys to creating a great mastermind? What makes a great mastermind? I mean, we've cut, touched on a lot of those things already, but. So it, it's, it's about having that commonality, creating that safe, structured space, uh -huh. non-judgmental. Confidentiality is critical. You need people to be able to open up and talk about those issues that are really bothering them. And like I said earlier, you know, I got into this business mastermind and, you know, six months into it, we're talking about very personal issues. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, that's not why, that's not why I signed up, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the outgrowth, right? That's what happens because you're creating that safe container. I often uh, compare a mastermind to like a wound. So it, it's got everything you need not to just survive, but to thrive and grow. And um, yeah, so so that sort of getting the relationships built, that trusted confidential container, that's one of the keys. And then you just need to make sure that you're delivering on the value the, on what the promise of the mastermind is. Right. So if we yeah. joined it to be better entrepreneurs, yes, we can talk about those deeply personal issues once we get to know each other and everybody's comfortable. You don't force that. That happens organically. But you've got to be able to be helping people grow their businesses if that's the reason they join. You know, you have to be fulfilling that big promise. Right. And I think and we we touched on it. Uh, uh, we've talked about this a couple of times uh, that that isolate isolate isolation uh having those human connections and having a safe place to go once a month or twice a month uh or once a quarter for three days that that promise of not only being a better better entrepreneur let's say or growing your business or building your lead machine or whatever it might be being a better you know growing a mastermind uh having that additional promise i mean there's there's multiple benefits to your program or to your mastermind group and and that uh, having a safe place to go where where, where things are confidential, uh, I think is a is a key key promise key to the promise that uh, that you're offering. Yeah, Don't I, you agree? I remember um, you know twenty some years ago, and I was in a situation where I was having a cash flow problem, and I, you know quite literally, if I didn't come up with like twenty grand to meet the payroll the next you know time, like the the whole thing was coming crashing down right well i couldn't go home to my wife you know how was your day honey well if i don't there's that you know we're gonna lose the house like you can't have that conversation at home no uh, you know that's the loneliness of the entrepreneur that you talked about is there are certain things that we don't want to it's not because i didn't have a good relationship with my wife it's yeah. because i don't want to burden her and and scare her half to death like i'm scared half to death that you know the, the stuff so having that group of people 
no agenda, there to support, not judge, and and have collective knowledge and wisdom and resources that can actually help in those situations. That's where the magic of the mastermind happens. Yeah, and I guess that's that also um, helps when you have a diverse a diverse group. Uh, you know, my mastermind group has you know uh, some beginners and some more more experienced people, and uh, they they help each other, and uh, that's that's a safe place. You know, you mentioned the um, the loneliness of being an entrepreneur and your your uh, your partner, your spouse, or whatever. Uh, I think it's important though to um to make sure that you're you have a solid relationship with um with whoever that is so that they know what you're doing and why. And it's a damn good idea to know what why you're doing what you're doing also so that so that you have that that foundation and that that ability and that confidence uh, because frankly, my family doesn't understand what I do. My wife yeah. does though. Cause she, she yeah. hears me, she hears me, she knows and she sees the people uh, that I'm talking to. She, she hears the results they're getting. Uh, she understands, but not, not everybody does. And we do talk about it. And fortunately she's my best friend too. And part of the reason why I got back into coaching again uh, was her encouragement. But I, I think it's important to have those relationships uh, beyond the group too, so that, um, so that there's some balance. Don't you agree? What's been your experience with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the more you have that connection in your life, personal and and or professional, the better off you're going to be. And and it, you know, that's the thing that you know, I it sounds like a, you know, sort of uh cheap marketing ploy, but you know, I I truly believe that we can save the planet by through creating one mastermind at a time because I know yeah. the connection levels that are possible in these groups. And for me, those connection levels have often been, you know, as strong, if not stronger than some of my family connections and, um, and friends and, and that kind of thing. So um, that, you know, to me, that's why I'm passionate about it is because I want to help people create those connections, um, you know, with your peers, with your clients, um, you know, create that, that group of people that you pick up the phone for at three in the morning if they call. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have some friends like that. We're in a, in a men's group and it's not a business group. It's a faith group. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's about 40 of them that we've been, been through the same program over the last seven or eight years. And, uh, there's a few that, uh, that we know we, we, we stay in touch and we know that we can, we can count on each other. Uh, a brother of mine, he lost his wife to cancer uh, just, you know, a couple of months ago. And uh, there were 500 people at the funeral, you know, which is extraordinary. Now she was, she was a leader in, in the school system. So that was a, a lot of the, you know, children, but uh, a lot of us brothers were there to support him. Yeah. You know, so, so those human connections are super, super important. And if you can, if you can, build a mastermind like that with uh with people like that who care about each other then yeah you can change the world i mean there yeah. is and, and faith groups are a great example of um you know that it doesn't have to be just business groups right I mean, the, the the faith group that draws that commonality together 
And the fact that it's a men's faith group, that's one extra layer of commonality that, that yeah. draws people together. And, and that's a perfect example of, you know, that, and that's a place I say to start. Um, you know, so I, I know you're going to ask this. So if there's one action item that I would say uh, from, from this today is to think about who are the people that you would wake up in the morning just absolutely thrilled that you got to meet with them that day in your mastermind group? Who are those people that you would, it wouldn't be a burden to run this program. It would be an absolute joy because you love them. They love you. And together as a group, you're helping each other get better as a person, get better as a business owner, get better in, in, in life. And think, and it, you you probably heard that uh, ex, ex thing. It's like a conversation starter thing of you know if you could put six people dead or alive at a dinner party, who would you invite? It's kind of along those lines. Like if if you could put anybody yeah. around your table, uh, your mastermind table of eight to twelve people, who would they be, and what are their commonalities and things that would they would be able to support each other with? Yeah. And so that kind of leads me into that question <laughs> as your final words to uh, to our listeners. And I do appreciate you. Uh, the the things you've shared so far, um, what are three things our, our listeners can do today to put these ideas into action? Yeah. Cover, cover number one, it, it, yeah. which is the who. I, I, often, I do a whole talk called the Purple Fish Talk, uh -huh. and I refer to your Purple Fish clients. And it's figuring out who you're fishing for. You know, if you if you trying to catch a purple fish, you don't just rent a boat and drive it into the ocean. Right? right. You're going to be strategic about where do you find purple fish and where do they eat and where do they hang out. And who do they know? And who else knows where they fun. hang out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, is, and this is for all the, you know, coaches, sort of big, newer entrepreneurs just starting out trying to get traction with this. When we start out, we often start from the premise of, I've got all this expertise and experience. What program can I create that people will buy? Yeah. Right? Because we're, we're just we're trying to make some revenue. We're trying to make right. a go of this thing. Right? Yeah. And I, that's, I want you to shift that perspective to don't worry about what you can create that people will buy. Worry about who you want to create it for. Who are those people that you would create a program around, right? And then, again, when we start out, we think we got to do a course or a low low price program because that's what they teach us, right? You have a lead magnet and then a low price program, then a mid-level program, and eventually you can have a high-level program. Well, I say envision your high-level program now, starting today. Right. What would that look like? Who are the people that are going to be in it? What does it look like? Is it a mastermind? Is it a mentorship one-on-one? you got to have a high-end program. You've got to have something you can sell for $10,000, $20,000. Even if you don't have the confidence right now to, to go out and sell it, and you're not even sure, you know, start working on what that would be. Because I can tell you from all of the clients that I've worked with and myself as an example, I mean, I struggled to get to six figures until I created that high-end program. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, now I do six figures in one three-day event. So 
you've got to have that high-end program envisioned because then once you sort of know who that's for and what it looks like, all your decisions you make day to day about your lower end programs and what stages you're going to get on and what you're like, does this help me get to that high end program? If no, don't do it. And if yes, then pursue it. Yeah, I like that approach. And the, the other thing that's really important about that is that um, once you do have that high end program defined, there are pieces of that program that you can, and uh, Ryan Dice says splinter, he uses the, the concept of splintering, but you can break out pieces of that, which are maybe prerequisites that you would take a client, if they were in your $10,000 program or your 20,000 or your high-end program, this is the first step they would take. Yep. And that would probably be uh, some sort of assessment or some sort of a checklist, like, am I ready? Do I have the resources? Do I have the, the need? Am I, do I have the clarity? Do I have the acumen? Do I have the networking? Do I have the list? Whatever it is, some sort of assessment to assess where they are. And from there, you know, that's that could be your your $47 product. That's Absolutely. that's part of your program. And yep. and you can have, you know, maybe that assessment is is your your first step. Maybe that's just a lead magnet. And maybe there's a the next part of it is leads to the ladder that leads to your, your 10,000 program. And yep. some people, and, and this is one thing I wanted to ask you, I forgot to ask you, was that uh, one of my mentors, Jim Palmer, teaches uh, creating virtual mastermind, lucrative virtual masterminds. And he recommends having two or three levels of pricing in his structure. And he says that there's about 15 people, uh, the percent of the people are going to, a lot of them are going to take, uh, a certain percentage will take the lowest one, and then a certain percentage will take the middle one. And if you price the, the higher one, just a little bit, maybe $150 to $200 more per month, that some, some of the people are going to take that too. But your sweet spot's going to be in the middle. Is there a, is there a pricing? Uh, uh, do, you, do you price things that way? Or is that something that you can talk about? Yeah, I, I have a whole program on pricing. It's one of my <laughs> splinters, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I, would, I would add one caveat to what you just explained that Jim does. Because when you're starting out, I would start with one. Yeah. And the reason is there's there's nothing worse to put all this effort in to launch a, a new mastermind program and you end up with three people in it because you yeah. don't have that scale yet. To, you haven't talked to enough people. You haven't gotten in there. So what you wouldn't want to do is splinter and have you know three people in three different groups at three different price points, right? That's something you can work towards for sure, because uh -huh. people will respond to different price points. And, and another way to look at what uh, Jim is doing there is the instead of looking at it as three different programs, it's the same program with three different access levels. And that's that's how he does position it yeah. with with access levels. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's the other thing is when we're starting out so many coaches get they 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 shoot themselves in the foot because they're developing like three different programs right they yeah. have, a, they have a, a low end program and a mid program and they're all different programs it's like you know how much effort and and that is to too much know. yeah 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 that makes sense and have it was the access level that he that he does and so the people in in the let's say it's the 
silver. They, they have, they have, have um, maybe a kickoff meeting with him uh, and then email access and they can attend the group, the group mastermind, you know, yeah. but, but that's, that's, that's the extent of it. They don't get a hot seat. They don't get, but uh, they get the, they get access to the digital products that he's got and those kinds of things. And then it just goes, access go increases. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of people start with the one-on-one -on -one coaching because that's that seems to be the easiest to do, which it can be, but it's not scalable. Correct. You cannot be scalable. Well, Jay, thanks. Uh, our time is about up. Thank you so much for uh, being on the show today and talking about masterminds and and uh, one of my favorite topics and coaching. And uh, Jay has a couple of gifts. Uh, find out if you're, you're mastermind ready, find out how ready you are to add a mastermind program to your business. And I highly recommend that you do that. And you can get that at leadmachinegrowthshow.com forward slash scorecard. That's leadmachinegrowthshow.com forward slash scorecard. And Jay is also having a masterclass coming up on the 30th of January. So if you're listening before then, it's called How to Create Your and Launch a High-Impact, High-Ticket Mastermind. It's January 30th, 2024. And uh, you can go to leadmachinegrowthshow.com forward slash Jay's Masterclass. That's leadmachinegrowthshow.com forward slash J-A-Y-S Masterclass. So thanks again for coming. And remember, faith and action go hand in hand. So keep the pedal to the metal. And until next time, I'm Paul Guyon and Jay Fairbrother. Thank you so much. Thanks, Paul. Thank you for tuning in to the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.